This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. From Monaco to Indianapolis, Le Mans to Daytona, and everywhere in between. This is your one-stop shop for provocative motorsport talk. From the ITA Podcast Network, this is the Into the Paddock Podcast. Into the Paddock Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Into the Paddock podcast. My name is Jordan Groves and I am once again joined by my intrepid duo of Mr. Greg Meisman and Mr. John Javicki. Hello everybody. Hey, how's it going? Is intrepid the right word? Intre- well, I, there's many other words I could use, but <laughs> intrepid seems the kindest. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll come in with a deeper voice this time. <clears throat> than last show. Yeah? I don't know how deep that was. <laughs> oh my god, that's... All Scratch right, that from the much. show, edit, delete, <laughs> control, <was> delete. <sighs> We're early know. enough that we could restart, but I'm not... No, that's okay. Cause... Leave it in there. <laughs> no, the show, the show started. Good luck, bud. It started. Bud. <laughs> I like to embarrass myself. <laughs> Good is my mic on, on time? That's the real question. Yes, it is. So that's yeah, already yeah, yeah. a massive plus. Apologize to the listeners for the end of last show. If I sounded like an asshole and like I was talking over everybody, it's because I had like a two second delay. So I'm really a yeah. nice guy most of the time. But uh, eh. and, anywho, it was net code. It's fine. <laughs> net, exactly. It was net code. Next week, next week, the show might be a little weird on my end. I got to record from the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, this could be great. <laughs> on, my, on the old iPad. And that's going to sound awesome nice <laughs> can't believe i just called my samsung tablet an ipad <laughs> God, I, I don't know who designed samsung but they're gonna be pissed at you <laughs> uh, yeah i mean right, we can sure start over the samsung show if you want decide that designs the samsung <laughs> now nah, we're rolling like as you said we're rolling we're, 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 we we there are no breaks on this train apart from Hell like no. the first episode where i completely fucked it up this uh, <laughs> this week we've got a little bit of racing action to talk about and we should start with um a race that's usually as much of a train wreck as that intro is and that's talladega <laughs> for, <laughs> for the nascar that cup was series good <laughs> I muted my mic for a second there. That was good. I like that. I like that. That was uh, <laughs> segways. Kind of my thing. Um, Talladega. Um, it wasn't actually, uh, well, parts of it were train wrecky, but it wasn't as train wrecky as train wrecks have been in the past. And I think that's mainly because this, this super speedway package they have sucks ass. Um, but we'll get on to that. Um, mm-hmm. Hamlin got pole and it was actually his first ever super speedway pole on speed, not like because it rained or some bullshit like that. Um, which was quite surprising considering his form at super speedways in the past. Um, and then began the race. Um, <sighs> what did we think of the racing package? So yeah, this, the, uh, 
we we've very rarely had three lanes, which at Talladega is a bit rare because that's usually the selling point of it. It's a wider Daytona, so usually we have more consistent three wide running. It wasn't the most exciting race. No, I I was like struggling to stay awake. I watched it today, uh, and yeah, it was a it was a snooze fest. Mm. It was a lot of a lot of green laps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, well, normally for every other race, we'd be like, "Yeah, green flag running. This is this is excellent." But at Talladega, yeah, yeah. it's just like if it ain't three wide, then it's really not that great. Like, <laughs> yeah. Coming from a uh, NASCAR neophyte, aka noob, so when you talk about the packages, so I'm like not like the driver's packages, but like the car packages. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming you're, you're referring to the setup, right? Like the arrow downforce. Yeah. So they NASCAR have different packages, aero packages and, and, and like overall specifications that they use for different types of racetrack. Um, So like at Phoenix, they introduced a new one for the short tracks and the the below one milers. Um, And, and, yeah, they have a separate one for super speedways, and it's just not very good. The drafting isn't very good. There isn't a lot of that. Like they're only on their own doing about. I think the pole speed was about one hundred and seventy nine miles an hour, so it's quite slow. Um, and, so is and, it like a fixed setup, or can they make tweaks to it? Do they have so like you a can base? make adjustments. Yeah, they can make. They can make okay. It's a it's a restrictor plate race. Okay. Also, right? Like, am I right? Yes. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they they definitely restrict the. Is it the fuel flow or is it the airflow? Airflow. Of the engine? Airflow. Okay, so the, yeah, they re- they restrict the airflow to the engine uh, to kind of tone it down a little bit because I mean you're running just if you're in the front you're running wide open you right. know more towards the middle you might be like 50 percent throttle or whatever but uh, yeah I'm I'm not a I I can understand why. They want to use restrictor plates, A, for the longevity of the engine, and B, for just, like, safety to keep the speed down. Hmm. But it, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, this, this, that's, not, that's not the only thing in the package that oh, made no. the race. You know, it, it has a lot to do with the arrow and the ways the cars are, the way the cars are able to follow each other, the way they're able to bump draft and stuff like that. And it just it left a lot to be desired. Mm. You know, uh, it seemed like a few of the cars were having trouble. Uh, how can I put it? Is matching speed, I guess. So when you're, when you're coming in for a bump draft on say the back straight, when you, when you go to bump the car in front, you don't want to be going too fast. Mm. Cause if you go too fast and you hit the car in front, then it slows you down, it backs you off, and then you have to come back and you catch back up to them. But if you kind of match that speed and slowly get up to them and and then start to push them versus ramming them, uh, it, it, it allows you to keep you know both your speeds up and then you can get an actual push into the corner. Uh, it seemed like they were having trouble doing that, right? You, we saw a lot of pretty hard hits in the draft. And it, it definitely seemed to affect, especially you know, that the, what was at times the center line, but the, uh, the second lane there. And yeah, like I said, it just, it just left a lot to be desired. I mean, a couple of the crashes I think came about because of 
those hard hits in the draft, right? Yeah, and and the fact that there was so rarely a third line that people were having to try and push way harder than they might usually just to get some momentum in that third line going. Um, and yeah, and then as you say, the, the other two lanes below, they kind of would stall out occasionally. The the lower lane looked to be the most dominant throughout. That would look to be the one that was the easiest for them to keep momentum and stay. But then when you've got so it's little power, you can't yeah. get a run around the outside and you can't carry that momentum as well. The shorter distance becomes the OP thing. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it lacked consistency for sure, mm-hmm. right? Or I, I guess I should say the lower line was the most consistent compared to, you know, the the second lane and our very rare uh, third lane that we had during the race. And they just, I don't know. It, it, and then the, uh, what was it, twice people locked up brakes, the rear brakes coming into the, the pits and spun around and... I'm so glad you mentioned that because I had forgotten what was one of the dumbest things I've seen in a long while from someone who I would usually praise. And that's Tyler Reddick. The first green flag pit stop, he was told on the radio. So he was on the outside. And obviously everybody knows at Talladega, when you're trying to make a green flag pit stop, you've got to try and work your way down to the low line before you do so. Because lo and behold, it's quite difficult to turn across multiple lanes of traffic to get to an off ramp. Try and do that on the freeway and see how long you last. Um, his uh, crew told him because all the Toyota, all the manufacturers tend to pit with each other and the Toyotas were coming in and Reddick was on the outside and his crew told him, look, you don't have to get down the pit with the Toyotas. You can wait and you can come in with the next group. But Tyler decides to come from the outside across the inside guys who were not pitting to then come into the pit road, then spins coming into pit road and then nearly takes out his teammate Bubba Wallace on pit road. Yeah. That wasn't one of the smartest things I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. I'm not going to be out here saying that, you know, that like I'm in any kind of position to critique a multiple time cup series uh, race winner. But that just it didn't seem very smart. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show that uh, e- even in the moment, you know, or I guess not even in the moment, but I guess especially in the moment, decisions have to be made, mm. right? And, and it's in, in that case, it's a 50, 50 shot, right? Do I take the risk and try to pit with my friends? Right. Cause in, in NASCAR, the manufacturers all work together, mm. right. Uh, until the end of the race or, or do I wait and come in with the next group where we may not have, have the same like type of strategy going or, or, you know, these guys may try to leave me out in the dry because fuck you, you're a Toyota. Uh, y- you have to make a, a decision and it's a 50-50 shot on whether or not that decision's going to work out. And it just happened that in this case, uh, it was the wrong call, I guess. I mean, I, I we'll, we'll never know. We can do the what if thing all day. You know, what if he'd have pitted with these guys? But if, if he'd have waited and pitted... You know, with the next group coming around, um, they might have fucked him. Mm. You know, because uh, that's just that's just how it be in NASCAR. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and so I just keep picturing the person on the uh, trying to get off the exit ramp. That's happened. It's probably happened to all of us before. Oh yeah, comes across I've three done. lanes of traffic. <laughs> I mean, the real the real thing is like, if I don't make this exit it's 10 minutes to the next exit before I could turn around. That's 20 minutes, you know? 
So I can kind of That's- relate, you know, but I can also relate to the person that you cross because you're like, what the fuck, you asshole? <laughs> <laughs> you lay on your thing. horn and you give him the finger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nascar so. need to mandate horns. That's what I'd like to <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Well, we'll move, on, we'll move on from one questionable decision to another. So we'll fast forward to the end of the race. And because um, this was another one of the bones of contention was the final lap. Bubba Wallace defending Ryan Blaney for ultimately for the win of Talladega. What did we think of that? Because it's a move you got to make. It's a, it, I think they actually summed it up reasonably well in the booth, whereby everybody was doing what they thought they had to do to win on the last lap of Talladega. Did Bubba Wallace maybe block too many times? Yeah, probably did. Mm -hmm. Did Ryan Blaney do anything wrong? No, probably not. I I, I still don't know how much Bubba's third block was him actually trying to block and move up or how much of it was Ryan Blaney got to his rear and the air disturbed him and moved him up. Don't know. Um, I mean, it, it could also be the spotter too. I mean, I yeah. didn't listen to the spotter radio, right? But you got to, when, when you're racing in the ovals and the pack racing, uh, if you're in front, your spotter's telling you which line has the most momentum, mm-hmm. right? And so you're going to, you're going to switch from the low line to the high line to the midline, whatever you got to do, right? To either get pushed by the guys that are going to be moving up or to just outright stop them from moving and keep that momentum down uh and so you know like i said i haven't listened to the spotter or anything but i'm not and i'm not gonna blame it on the spotter but Mm. but in a in a race like talladega you have to make that car five lanes wide yeah no matter what and if it's the last lap for a race win you gotta go for it you gotta you gotta block everybody uh, the, the rules are different than in road racing. Yeah. You can, you know, do that in, shit. In, in, in sports car racing, it's, it's highly frowned upon, you know, <laughs> to, to weave back and forth in front of lines, uh, you know, down straightaways or in turns or really anywhere. Right. Like it's pretty frowned upon. Whereas in NASCAR, if you're, if you're the front car, and I think that's the, the, one of the only cars that really gets a pass on it. If you're the front car and you're on the low line and the high line is moving up, your spotter is going to tell you get high, right? Move up, get in front of them, use that momentum, extend your lead, do what you have to do. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I think that's what he was playing at. Yeah. Right. It, it's legal. But the caveat is if you get, if you turn yourself because you block too late and they're there, that's on you. And that's, yep. that's ultimately what happened, you know? Uh, Blaney said afterwards, in his mind, if you make three blocks, that's not that that's on you now. Um, mm-hmm. Bubba, after the race, despite Fox desperately hoping that he would um, say something inflammatory, um, Bubba was very quick to say he didn't do anything wrong. It was on me. I was trying to defend for a win, which is you know fair. Um, a little bit of a flip from Bubba, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know. That's the, it's kind of what he has to do because, you know, if he, if he comes out with, you know, NASCAR fans constantly talk about wanting personalities and people to be passionate, Bubba's then passionate and then people tell him that he shouldn't be passionate, you know? So he's kind of got to think twice about expressing what he truly feels because either way he's going to get lambasted for it. 
Um, ultimately, I think, you know, he summed it up perfectly after the race where he said it's one of the best super speedway races he's ever driven and the strongest he's been. And he's really strong at super speedway racing. He's been, he's been killing it for the last few years, but he was up there most of the race um was one of the cars that could make the biggest runs yeah that, it was it was a really good race for him and ultimately yeah he was going for a win they know it's a track that he's really good at yeah it, he was that, it was checkers or wreckers and it that ultimately came mm-hmm. up wreckers <laughs> the that car was a handful too during oh, the race yeah. right like we we saw it several times where he would he would try to come up and and push somebody or he would get pushed and you'd see that back end start wiggling around a little bit uh and and so it just it, it doesn't surprise me that he got wrecked given you know the way the race was going for him all day uh it, it just i'm surprised he lasted that long to be honest well i like this he never made a comment about how loose the car was you know he he, he it seemed to be handling exactly the way he wanted and he was comfortable with the pushes i, I liked one of the comments he said post race where he was like yeah i got a real a real sh- real shot from behind nearly lost it and i was like yeah okay let's go <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. And I, I think it was, he ran a lot with, uh, was it Ty Gibbs? Ty Gibbs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he ran a lot with him. And uh, nobody seemed to want to race with Ty. Rookie syndrome. Right? Like, he did nobody really well. Seemed, yeah, he did great. and it, But it just seemed like anytime there was an option or an opportunity for anybody to come start pushing tie they kind of backed off a little bit except for bubba wallace <laughs> bubba gave no fucks i don't give a shit if you got those yellow stripes in your bumper because either you're gonna help me if i push you or yeah. you're gonna be out of the way and i ain't gonna have to worry about you for much longer yeah so <laughs> you know um so yeah ultimately yeah bubba was defending off of, Bl- of blaney um ultimately they caused a, a wreck on the final lap that ended the race Kyle Busch ended up just being ahead at the time of caution and was um, therefore awarded the win. But hilariously, if they'd had their way, he wouldn't have been out there in that position because due to the timing of the one of the earlier cautions, it came down to fuel mileage toward the end of the race. A lot of cars were very close on fuel. Um, at the second green-white check-it attempt, multiple cars uh, pitted. Uh, because they were going to run out of fuel and Kyle's team called him in and he didn't, it was too late. He didn't pit. Uh, so they were so worried about him running out of fuel. <laughs> and if the race had actually gone for a full green flag back to the finish, he probably wouldn't have made it because as soon as the caution came back and bearing in mind, the caution came out middle of turn two, they were telling him, make sure you save fuel immediately because we need to get back to the finish line to get the bloody checkered flag. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't an, a, no Talladega race is unstressful, but it was a little bit more stressful for them. It was just hilarious how they inadvertently took the gamble to stay out on fuel and it somehow worked for them. So he's now got his second win of the year, second win for Richard Childress. Didn't he say that they ran out? He couldn't complete the, uh, the donuts, right? He like, he was like, I want to turn yeah, left. No, he, he ran out like <laughs> as soon as he got to the, to the front straight. Yeah. Right. He's like, yeah, my car, my car quit right here. Hopefully we can get it fired back up so we can get it back right. to the pits. But uh, you know, there were there were points during the race where people were. I I, I may be wrong here. I I kind of caught this part, you know, while I was doing some other stuff. But it seemed like there were some points where people were shutting their fucking cars off. Mm. Yeah, to save fuel. Yeah, right. 
like it, it it came down to the wire for a lot of people and a lot of them didn't make it at all they had to do that pit stop so yeah yeah it's <laughs> that's what i like about a race yeah right like a super speed or something like is it, are they gonna make it are they gonna run on a gas who knows and then you saw on uh, the i think it was the final restart i think it was ty gibbs who, as soon as they took the green, he pulled down to the apron and got out of the way because he was out. Like, yep. <laughs> I would not want to be in a fuel mileage race on the super speedway. Yeah, just no thanks. Because the idea of losing all power at the front of one of those queues. Nope. Oh. <laughs> not for me. Um, so yeah, Kyle Busch ended up winning. Ryan Blaney second um, due to where the caution came out. Uh, Chris Buescher got third ahead of Chase Briscoe in fourth with Brad Kozlowski fifth. Kozlowski was interesting because he spent the entire race running at the back um, and then somehow ended up in the top five toward the end of it. So good day for our FK. Um, Eric Jones was sixth. He was one of the only drivers that was consistently leading the third lane on the outside. So it was good that he got rewarded for his ambition. Um, William Byron 7th, Christopher Bell 8th, Daniel Suarez 9th, and Todd Gilliland in 10th. I want to go back and talk about a couple of other people. Um, Ross Chastain, uh, he ended up finishing 22nd. He was the winner of this race a year ago. Um, toward the end, he lined up uh, right behind uh, Noah Gragson who was leading the outside lane on one of the late restarts. <laughs> so you had Noah Gragson and Ross Chastain nose to tail. And I'm sitting there watching the race and I'm thinking, there's no way that they make it a lap without killing each other. And sure enough, um, Noah Gregson <laughs> kind of went a little bit too high. Chastain uh, immediately shot the gap in the middle to try and get there. He got there. Uh, Noah Gregson decided to reject that reality and substitute it with his own. Turned down and wrecked them both. It was, it was called in the commentary before it happened. Right. Like they were like, all right, this guy's about to go around. And as they were talking about it, it fucking happened. I'm like, oh, well, welcome. Welcome to the super speedway. I guess it's fair to say they're both well renowned for being aggressive. So sometimes there's a chaotic duo that will just never work. And that was, yeah. Telegraphed a million miles away. Yeah. It wasn't a good one. Um, we need to talk about Kyle Larson because he was involved in, was this the final wreck or the penultimate? I think it was the penultimate, wasn't it? Um, the one that caused yeah, the, I think it's a, yeah. Um, big, big ish wreck happens. I, I'd say this was probably the big one. It wasn't as big as, as usual Talladega big ones, but whatever. Um, I'm trying to remember who triggered it at the front. Oh, this, um, oh, this was Gregson and Chastain. Um, yeah, yeah, Gregson yeah, and Chastain yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at the front. Kyle Larson was a couple cars behind and got spun down to the infield, and then the momentum brought him back up the racetrack. Ryan Priest, who was in the mid-pack, was on the high-ish line. Spotter says wreck down low, sees cars and smoke down low. He's on the outside, so he thinking everything is clear, and he can't see any difference, so why not? Guns it to get past the wreck. At that point, Larson shoots back up the racetrack and Priest run T-bones him directly in, thankfully not the driver's side, but in the uh, in the passenger side door. Oh man. And I didn't even I didn't even think about that after yeah. 
Oh. And the damage. Holy shit. <laughs> the damage was absolutely insane. Like, the entire roll cage, particularly the, the door bars, so that the, the bars of the roll cage that go below the actual window line, completely warped into the car. If it had been they driver were, side, it would have been well in the driver seat. They were area. sticking up above the like the window line. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Had he gotten hit from the other side? Which I think I think there's a little bit more bracing I think uh, on, and the, hope on so. the on the driver's side than there is I think there's like I think there's three bars on the passenger side and maybe four bars on the driver's side. I think it is a little bit more protected. Hmm. Right. But, but yeah, man, I didn't even think about that. Cause it had, it hit him on the, on the driver's side. All of that would have been where he's sitting. Yeah, exactly. It would, it would have come straight into right. where he is. Um, NASCAR Holy have taken shit. the car. Um, so usually they, they take any cars that fail inspection or need further inspection back to the R and D center. And they are also taking Kyle Larson's car back to analyze the damage and see if anything could be done to prevent that, uh, from happening. Um, you know, we were speaking a couple of weeks ago about the inevitabilities of danger in motorsport. And at, at the end of the day, a car going about 160, 170 mile an hour, T-boning another car that's not doing that it's never going to be pretty and NASCAR safety. If we ignore how terrible the next gen car was at absorbing rear impacts last year, NASCAR tends to be one of the better for car safety. Um, and I think this taking the car immediately and evaluating it is a testament to how seriously they take the safety, particularly on super speedways with regard to then reacting and bringing in things to help prevent this kind of crash in the future. I think back to when Ryan Newman had his crash at the end of the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago, and they ultimately brought in another bar that would help lessen the impact that Newman suffered. And you've got to think that, that something will come of this that might see that the, the door bars strengthened a little bit more, but ultimately it's never going to be pretty. And it wasn't like, did you see the onboard from priest's point of view, looking back at him? Yeah. My God, if he doesn't have a concussion, I'll be amazed because he rattled around a lot. Oh yeah. He, he almost went full chest into the steering wheel, dude. Yeah. Like even with the, the harnesses and everything like his, his head was thrown forward so hard. The visor came up so hard. Yeah. Like it, that was, that was fucking violent. Hmm. And, 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 and I know that we, we've had problems with, like you said, rear end impacts and, and things like that with the car, people getting, uh, what I'll call unjust concussions, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but, but I think you're right. If he doesn't come away with a concussion or something from this wreck, it'd be quite amazing. And if he doesn't, that's a fucking testament to yeah. maybe not this particular car, right? Because again, we've had just issues with concussions in the past but i think overall safety in motorsport mm. right from the way the seats are designed to the hans device and all of that stuff i i feel like it's it's on par with uh was it f2 or f3 at silverstone where the car came up over the sausage curb f2. and then f2 and t-boned it was like okay that's 
that is you had an entire formula car thrown at the halo that's proof yeah right there right like that's absolute physical proof that this thing fucking works uh and and if he's if he's safe same thing for kyle larson mm. right like getting a side impact like that like i know they're the the seats have like a full wrap around up near the head and all that but I mean, just the amount, and I think Tony Stewart said it, the amount of energy that that, those roll bars took and absorbed in that crash is just astronomical, Mm. right? Like that was crazy. And and had this been 10, 15, 20 years ago, we might be minus one Kyle Larson Mm. in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it is the the fact that they were released from the medical center yeah like 10 that, minutes later like, yeah like that was such a hard fucking hit holy shit like yeah it was and you you could see it from the from the helicopter view right just like how absolutely brutal that hit was mm. so uh yeah good on nascar for taking that that the chassis back. Uh, I mean, it can never be used again. <laughs> oh no, probably not. No. <laughs> you know, like, like I think I'm pretty sure both of those cars are just done. Yeah. Done forever. Yeah. Um, got some of those wrecks in the uh, Xfinity race too. Yeah. We'll talk some about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, track. Uh, yeah. 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 The, so, yes, yeah, so that was the cup series race. They'll be back next week. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, it was a week. Are they going scary. to over next week? Dover. Yeah. Dover Dover. The next one, the monster mile. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Xfinity race. Yeah. That was another one for wild Rex. Jeb Burton ended up winning, I believe for the second time in the Xfinity series, um, giving Jordan Anderson racing their first Xfinity series win, which was cool. But sadly being Talladega, the headline was the Rex and the particularly bad one was between Blaine Perkins and Dexter Stacy. Um, Blaine Perkins, it, it looked like they were two separate incidents. So Blaine, I believe he was driving the 66. I'm going to check that just to make sure I've got it the right. Right, No, Dexter was in the 66. So the 66 spins off of turn two exit and slams the inside wall right at the point where the access road is for car for mm-hmm. um, track vehicles yeah. to get on. I, I still don't understand why there are so many exits on that backstretch which are giving i don't understand so why many... the wall is the the i don't understand why the wall is flared out yeah. towards the track right like because there's another wall to the inside there they could flare that in towards the infield yeah. and get just as much space for emergency vehicles to enter exactly. and exit the track right like why is that the shape that it is in fact it should be flared in towards the infield on that outside wall yeah. And then there's right, like, like four or five of them as well. Now I get that they want to get to Rex quickly and that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. But do we need that many? Like, and then as you I, say, with them flared outwards, it just creates that nasty angle. And it feels mm-hmm. like nine times out of 10, if a car wrecks on the backstretch of Talladega, they're hitting one of them and not the, the flat surface. Now they, they're all covered with the safer barrier and that's great. And we saw the safer barrier, did a really good job in absorbing that wreck. And ultimately, uh, Stacey was able to walk out relatively uninjured and completely uninjured. Actually, he was checked again, like 10 minutes later or something like that. But, you know, it's always those bad angles. It like you, you can't 
one million percent always foresee where an accident's going to happen but you can guarantee that a race car will always find the worst place to do it yeah and it yeah i'm with you i don't see why they don't flare the inside instead of the outside i'm with you on that i i don't know yeah, i'm sure I mean, there's reasons but because i mean the car is gonna hit the the wall hmm. regardless right and so why would you again angle it towards the track and not at least keep it flush flush and parallel with other parts and then angle the the wall that's coming toward you know i mean i'd have to i'd have to draw you a picture but uh yeah the the wall that's on the left of the exit could be flared towards the infield and you would get just as much access right like and i and i i I understand why there's so many, right? Yeah, for, it's a for speed. Big track. But that the amount could be completely irrelevant if the wall was flared in a different direction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they could keep it completely 100% flush and just have the leading edge of the wall flared in towards the infield and have it protected by whatever wall is coming before it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, w with, I hate to bring up old news, but Roman Grosjean's crash in Formula One, hmm. right? Like, again, found the worst spot to to crash a car at that speed, right? And what happened the next day? There's a tire wall there now. You know, I don't understand why there wasn't a tire wall there to begin with, right? But... You know, I you you can't you don't always know where shit's going to happen. Yeah, it's a chaotic sport with you know, and 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 you try to use, I think, each incident as a precedent to say, okay, we need to make this change at this area, and you know, do something different here or whatever. And and maybe this is just one of those things where they can they can go back and look and like, all right, maybe we need to change that flare because that was. Again, a hard yeah. fucking hit. Yeah. And then at the same time as that, you had um, Blaine Perkins uh, up over end, over end, over end flipping. Um, you said, you know, Talladega, we, we have airborne crashes. There were two in this race. There was another one toward the, at the end of the race where Daniel Hemrick ended up upside down, up against the wall. He was okay. But this one, it was it was the barrel rolling. You know, we don't always see that part, and and they always look spectacular. And yeah, the whole thing is, you know, if it's dissipating energy like that, it's good because it's the sudden stops that do the damage, not the wild, continuous yeah. like rolling. Good night. Good night. But still not. <laughs> but Sorry still about not. That. Um, it, no, it's still not a great it. thing. So um, yeah. Yeah, um, he he ended up being uh, taken to a local medical facility for a couple of days. He was discharged, I believe, earlier today. Um, earlier today. So yeah, just it, good. Uh, whenever you get out of a Talladega weekend and everyone's okay and you've had these spectacular accidents, it's it's good when everyone's okay. And that's that's the biggest win of the whole yeah. weekend. And you know, I, I I love super speedway racing because it, of how thrilling it is because it's in the face of this kind of risk. But it is it always is always a relief when you get to the end of it and you know that everyone's all right. <laughs> yeah, it 
it does make us question. I mean, if, for for those of us who are like more safety minded, it does make us question why. Mm. Like, why are we doing this type? It's a dog just screaming in the background. Um, why do we keep doing this type of racing at super speedways at these speeds with these giant packs where, you know, one wrong move by one guy is going to send potentially 30 something cars just scattered all across the racetrack. Uh, and it's the risk, right? Yeah. The risk versus reward. Uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to see, which is why it's, I think it's more important than ever to concentrate on car safety, to concentrate on uh, facility safety. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's, there's just, there's so much that can go wrong with these giant pack races. And I think, uh, you know, when did the safer barrier come about? Was it, it's been, it's been a while, it right? Was after like, Earnhardt. So it would, it would have been mid two thousands, I believe. Let me let me Google this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was after Earnhardt because uh, first installed at Indianapolis Speedway uh, in 2002. There you go. And Earnhardt died in February 2001. So just just over a year after Earnhardt died. Um, yeah, and so now now that we have that, which seems in modern times to be the safest way to keep cars from just crashing into concrete walls. Now I think we need to start looking at the shape of, you know, emergency vehicle exits, things like that. Uh, you know, and in, and in other, other courses, uh, like, uh, what was it? Monza during the GT four race this weekend, there was an incredible crash. Right? Did you see that one, John? I didn't. <clears throat> what, no? what day was that? Was it Saturday? Saturday, I think. I just saw clips of the crash. I didn't watch the whole race. But uh, right there after Curva Grande, into the the next chicane before you get to the uh, the Lesmos. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. Uh, one GT4 goes straight. Takes oh, the access shit. road. <laughs> Sorry, I'm watching it now. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. There's two. Yeah. So there's and one then, came and parked, and yep. then the other one it just can't break. It's, it's there's smoke billowing out of its wheels, and it just goes straight into the side of the other Cayman. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Incredible crash, right? You know how that could have been much worse if those fucking sausage curbs were still yep, there. Yeah, you know, uh, it was it was a rough crash, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, it could have been much worse. Fluid on the circuit from the Aston. Oh my god! Yeah, there's two it, of them. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was rough, but you know they they made the decision after what was it last year when that uh, was it the Porsche that came through the sausage curbs and had its door just completely oh. fucking destroyed the off the side of the car. Was it an Aston? Aston? Yeah, yeah. That was and that so, was a crazy crash, yeah. And now yeah, they have maybe this. maybe NASCAR needs to take 
take note and start looking at the shape of some of these walls. And I know they have before, right? This isn't like a new thing, but uh, we'll have to post that. That's a crazy video to uh, our social media. I just put it in our chat. It's insane. It's like a 44 second video. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. But uh, I all that to say, though, that it could have been much worse had Monza not taken a look at the track and been like, all right, these right. fucking sausage curbs. Or what it, What else do they call them? Sleeping policemen? <laughs> fucking stupid is what I call them. But, I mean... Yeah, they're not, they're not good. I, I they're hate not good. their usage. Um, Monza's had about 78 different bad usages of them, and all of them have been just fucking awful. Like, if you want to police track limits, there's a million and one ways you could do it better than sausage curbs. Like, put yeah. fucking gravel down, and that's all you need. Sorted. And, and yeah, <laughs> that's all I've got to say on sausage curbs. I hate them. Like, <laughs> and so maybe, but maybe NASCAR needs to follow suit and take a look at some of these flared walls. I can't, I hate that we're like keep going from the roll crash to the, the wall hit, but it seems like the wall hit was. Yeah, yeah, that was the more concerning one for yeah. me because the flips are yeah, going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Flip, yeah, you can't you can't stop flips. Although the cars aren't supposed to do that anymore, mm. right? Yeah, but supposed to have all kinds of like they do the laps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely less. But it's 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 pretty common to see these fucking just straight on mm. wall hits, right? Especially to the insides. And so I I don't know. Uh, I'm glad nobody's hurt, but you just it always makes you wonder what the fuck would happen if if this was shaped a different way or you know. Um, we mentioned yeah. we mentioned Monza. We'll talk about that because we're we're uh, way too close to the break to talk about Formula E. So we'll do that after. Um, yeah, John, you wanted to mention you wanted to mention the uh, GT oh, yeah. Challenge starting at Monza. Yeah. So well, uh, outside of that gnarly crash, so I recommend uh, if uh, our listeners want to go to YouTube, just type in GT4 Monza crash, and maybe we'll try to throw it up on the uh, Twitter. And yeah, we'll put, put it up, up on the Twitter. But um, it is, I'm still, I just keep watching it over and over again. It's crazy. But um, that's racing for you. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, big, big uh, opening race to the uh, GT World Challenge Europe. There was 54, 54 cars on the grid uh, at Monza. Absolutely insane. Um, Now there's like, I think there's what? There's one, two, there's like four different um, classes within. You've got the, the like the Pro-Am, you've got the Silver Cup, you've got the Gold, and then you have the, the Pro class. Um, but um, one thing I learned is that the BMW team, as I formerly thought it was pronounced, Row, R-O-W-E, um, it's uh, well, at least according to the announcer, it was it's pronounced Rove, which does sound has a nice uh ring to it. Um, they locked out the top two positions in the race, uh, one and two. Um, you had some of the the standard BMW drivers, uh, Ang, you've got uh, Yellowly in the the um in the pole position via uh, um, BMW, and then you had um. The sister car, the Rove number nine nine eight, 
coming up in um, in second place, and then uh, finishing off on the podium was the uh, the Iron Lynx car uh, with uh, Jordan Pepper, uh, Mirko Bortolotti, and I forget his first name, but his last name is Caldaretti. And uh, so I'm gonna guess Antonio. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So uh, I fun race. It was a three hour long race. Um, the um, it's 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 the GT World Challenge, so they have all of their races uh, on YouTube for free. You can go back and watch them. Um, this was a fun one to watch for the for you sports car fans out there. Um, like I said, 50, 54 cars at Monza, and I know for all of our fellow i racers out there, we know how Turn One goes <laughs> at Monza with twenty cars. Just imagine fifty four of them, and um, there was actually a pretty big crash at the. Uh, um, lap one, turn one, that took out two of the cars. Um, some of you guys will recognize us, Samantha Tan. I know that she has a couple different cars in some of the GT um, America series, and I think she may have even been um, in IMSA, maybe in the GT4 series or was in one of the AM cars in GTD. Um, but she was driving a Ferrari and her car got smoked into the wall uh, in that the the infamous turn one there. So um, yeah, it was a fun one to watch. I recommend everyone go back and take a peek at it. Um, I I love sports car racing, GT three racing, and and like I said, anytime you have that amount of vehicles <laughs> on that track, it, you're due for some carnage. So it it I think the first. There was a couple of yellows in the first 30 minutes of the race. Um, but um, after that, things started to smooth out a bit, and the, the BMWs just sort of started to walk away from everybody else. So, um, did, you guys, did you guys watch any of it or any, see any highlights? I did, I did not. I, the only highlight I saw was really the, uh, the GT4 crash, which, uh, much like you, had me watching the same 45-second yeah. fucking video for like 10 minutes going, holy shit. Yeah. You know, how did that car miss the Aston coming through the escape road? Oh. Right. And then the, 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 I, the second car, or I guess the third car coming through and hitting the car that was already in the wall was just, ugh, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too invested in GT world challenge Europe. Uh, I am, however, invested in GT world challenge America. Right. Uh, if y'all want to watch that race yeah. two is this weekend at NOLA, uh, be paying attention because we have several operation motorsports beneficiaries taking part in the race with, uh, uh, I believe tooth auto sport out of Canada and, uh, crowd strike, I believe, uh, with, uh, Kevin Bohm and Chris Walsh, yeah. uh, driving who are very involved with the organization. Uh, and so I try to pay attention to those races. The last race that they did at Sonoma was really good. It was. And like I said, new, uh, new round here at, uh, uh, NOLA taking place this weekend. So yeah, see, check uh, that out. If you don't want to watch the European stuff. Daniel Morad as well. Follow us. I race. Oh yeah. Out Daniel Morad is also racing. He's now full time with, uh, TR three. It's a, uh, uh, AMG he races for us. Uh, cool to see him in a car a gt3 again so but yeah that's it for the you know (laughs) you know what sounds more awesome 
taking a commercial break. Yeah, let's do it. it yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, we'll, when we come back, um, we'll talk about Formula E. Uh, they were racing at Berlin. It was great. Uh, when it happened, protests were a bit interesting, but we'll talk about that and other stuff um, just after this. So stay with us. With half the show gone, there's still half the show still to go. This is the Into the Paddock Podcast. month of May approaches, and the summer of racing will be kicking off in the biggest way possible. A Memorial Day weekend, Into the Apex is back on the road, presented by ProCart Concepts for our third pilgrimage to the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Join us the Saturday before the 500 at Daredevil Brewery in Speedway, Indiana, for pictures of beer and indie talk. We're there to bring the hype and feel of IMS to the ITA family around the world. Into the Apex is excited to introduce a monthly subscription. For 99 cents a month, get regular, exclusive audio and video content on the Into the Apex podcast feed, presented by Spotify. Into the Apex After Dark? OnlyFans Into the Apex? Infowars Into the Apex? We're not too sure what it's called just yet, but we do know that it's edgy, it's provocative, it's everything we do here at the Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Network. To subscribe, go to IntoTheApex.com and hit the subscription button down below. This This is Into the Apex Motorsport Podcast Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Into the Paddock podcast. Before we get going, uh, our usual plug of social medias. Um, make sure you're following us at Into the Number Two uh, Paddock on uh, Twitter and Instagram. That way you can stay up to date with when we post our new shows, which is on Tuesdays. Um, you can also go over to the um, uh, website www.theintotheapex.com. I completely forgot how websites work for a moment there, and you can. You can uh, check out our sister shows, affiliated podcasts. You can also find the YouTube channel where we post video content from this show and others. And you can also subscribe for 99 cents a month for premium access to into the Into the Apex podcast network to receive exclusive content. What are you doing? Go and do that now. Cause do it just, now. Do it, now. It, it's just good. Um, give us your money. We, have, we also we have a, a Mad Sim Racing racing series that's starting tomorrow tuesday the what's what's the date well well, a couple of hours after this comes out yeah so so yeah so today's the 24th tomorrow the 25th uh first round of our uh mad sim racing gt4 series we're going to lime rock of all fucking places (laughs) come get smoked by greg yeah, if you if you want these hands, I'm handing them out for free. Would you say what? Would you say at the one time? Put up your dick beaters. Let's yeah. dance. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all never heard that? I've never, never heard, heard that. My favorite. Never you. You've never heard that? Okay, it's from a it's it's from a it's from a stand up comedy routine uh, by a guy named T Rex. 
I will send you the. I'll send you a link. Very honorable of you. It's to... uh, I'm gonna punch you in the chest. You're fucking so hard. Your fucking shoulders are gonna touch. <laughs> <laughs> if you see me fighting a bear, you better pull over and help the bear. <laughs> fantastic well, some of our you. listeners will get it some of our listeners will get it they will understand <laughs> somebody out there is going if i'm on the phone with you or if you're on the phone and you see me call you better click over and see what the fuck i want or if you're on the phone with god and i call you better click over and see what the fuck i want <laughs> somebody will get it i promise I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you it's a classic yes so yeah, subscribe for 99 cents <laughs> for stuff like that, I guess. If you want to hear more from the people that hear an Italian name and assume their name's Antonio when it's actually Andrea, I apologize, Andrea Caldarelli, um, who I've only just learned is a brother-in-law of Vitantonio Liuzzi, a.k.a. Monza's bowling ball in 2011. So oh. um, there you go. That's um, I, I also good. have a correction to make. I, I said that uh, round two was in NOLA for the American SRO series. It's definitely round three. Yeah, how dare you forget St. Pete, where there was such amazing driving standards you know? all around. <laughs> you know, I I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> well, one race that we're not going to forget for a while is anything from Formula E. And... um. They had their net latest two rounds. They had a, a double header in Berlin this past weekend. Um, my God. Um, <laughs> basically, the, the race weekend was characterized by the fact that I've never seen drivers not want to lead a race more than here. Um, I think the only race where I've seen more leaders want to get out of the lead as quickly as possible would have been 1982 in Monaco when like seven different leaders <laughs> retired on the final lap or some bullshit like that. It, it was crazy. Like the, the draft here and the amount of energy you could spend being in the draft was insane. As a result, I, I, can't, I don't remember. I think it was in the first race. They had eight different leaders. Like they had like millions more race lead changes, but eight different race leaders at various points in the race. I have a, I have another stat for you for the race. Give me a, give me a second to pull it up. I want to get the right number. Go, go on. Uh, I, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. 190 overtakes. Mm, yeah. In 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 190 overtakes. I, I don't want to fan airport. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to fan the flames of the debate that we had a couple weeks ago. But once again, I'm looking at you into the apex. Fan away, please. If, if, fan you, away. if you, again, I'm, I'm pretty much word for word quoting what I said a couple of weeks ago. If you don't watch Formula E, all you are harming is yourself. All you are depriving, your, all you are losing out on is some really, really exciting fucking racing. And if you don't like it, it's your problem. So... Um, <laughs> that's, put up that's, your dick beaters. Put up your dick beaters. Let's well, dance okay. quietly because it's Formula E. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even call them quiet. I don't know this. <laughs> Look, it, the, the noise is. Eh, I hate know, talking of, about the noise when it comes to Formula E because it always but, comes up. But 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 why is that the main argument? Why is exactly. that the main argument? Right, like, like if you go to fucking Andretti karting, 
you know, at any one of the, 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 the places in the United States here, all those carts are electric. Yeah. It I don't think anyone has been one. carting and has said, gee, I wish it were louder. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm with a lot of the people that say we want to hear for sure. That big Cadillac V8 just it's amazing of course right it sounds amazing of course but uh tell me the last time there was 190 overtakes in a formula in a in an IMSA race that weren't multi-class lapping yeah there you go yeah right <laughs> so they right. yeah that that's our usual plea and it's fuck exciting you, racing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's exciting, exciting racing. It's so fucking good. The only thing that it has going against it, and this is just from the people who feel like this is like a, a major, you know, out for them. I guess is is the noise. But even even then, I'm still going to argue that the lack of engine noise leaves it to where you can hear other things that are really cool right like the arrow the tires all that kind of shit the, you know you can hear everything fucking working hmm. what i don't like as far as noise goes is that fucking tone that they play towards the end of the race right where it's like some sort of unresolved chord right <laughs> like you know what i'm talking about exactly what you mean you, yeah you know what i'm talking about like towards the end of the race in the last lap when the race is getting ready to end, there's like this drone that plays and it's, it's a, it's a unresolved chord of a musical note that just, it creates tension, mm. I guess it, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I feel like, I feel like I'm watching Faust, you know, and they're trying to summon Satan or some shit with like, just, you know, <laughs> I, that's that's the one thing that I will complain about the noise is like is just it just it that that tone that they play at the end of the race yeah when when it's about to come to an end is just it's fucking terrible to cut that, cut and that I'll, shit out. I'll say what I said again a couple of weeks ago you know like early years of Formula E is free range because they made a lot of stupid decisions you in particular would hate bearing in mind what you've just said, what they used to do, and they had music playing throughout. Ugh. Start to finish. And it, they'd have different music for different scenarios. So you had a safety Ugh. car music. You had race start music. It was like fucking Mario Kart in the worst way. The so, first thing I do when I buy a video game, mute. before I even play it, is I go in the options and I turn the fucking music yes. off with one yes. exception if it's a star wars game that that you're right then right, you that crank it the fuck up because like, john williams <laughs> is good at making the music that, a character in the yes. in the story right but if if i'm playing anything else anything else right like oh the menu music in racing games can we just stop with that yeah <laughs> There hasn't been a good menu soundtrack to a game since Forza Motorsport 4. I will argue that the EA Sports NASCAR games had great menu music, but that's because EA Sports has licensing for good music, right? It's not proprietary like video game, what, like Project Cars 2 
That shit was fucking terrible. <laughs> Shout out to NASCAR 08 quickly for having radio by Big and Rich as the menu. Because <laughs> that shit slapped hard. Like there I was always Big and Rich. <laughs> I always liked the, the FIFA soundtracks or the they, FIFA always had a good uh, good mix of music. If you anyone played, but again, FIFA that's EA. Yeah, yeah EA. EA, right? Yeah. Like they they just have good music, and so yeah, no, I'm I'm glad they don't do that shit anymore. I didn't know they did that fucking yeah. music throughout the race. I was it say. was it music by the Formula EJ? No, yes, it was. Yes, it fucking <laughs> was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, the the just. Can we name things differently, please? <laughs> Have you ever seen the Formula EJ? Is if it isn't DJ Diesel, aka Shaquille Fucking O'Neal, I don't give a shit. I'll send you a picture later. Do you know what I did not have when I was thinking? Oh, we're going to talk about Formula E. We're going to talk about NASCAR Talladega. I didn't think that we'd talk about a big and rich and b the formula ej like just well, i don't think he was called the formula ej he was just the dj for formula oh, e races but given their name is, is it the is same guy a helmet every time the one with the helmet yep that's uh. the one. Oh no it was ej they actually called him ej i'm so fucking done let's move uh. on and talk about formula e racing before i actually start hating it and agree with ICA. <laughs> Hang on. no like <laughs> fucking hell right there it is check the discord there you go you look at that i'll talk <laughs> about formula ej i'll talk about this because i want to move on because i'm actually yeah, starting to agree it. with tyler um <laughs> for, for, fuck formula e's marketing man i'm done um, <laughs> it's fucking terrible <laughs> sebastian boemi uh, got pole position for the first race and thus became the first repeat. i just saw the helmet <laughs> What the fuck is that? It's like um, what's that? What's that movie that makes fun of Star Wars? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. I bet she gives great helmet. Oh, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, we love okay, it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your. <laughs> Oh god. <sighs> Sebastian Boemi. He got pole. Who the fuck cares at this point? Because he didn't <laughs> win. Um Yeah, first repeat pole sitter of Formula E this year. Um he said his lap was shit, which was funny. Um the first race was probably the more chaotic of the two. God, I can't stop thinking about the EJ. Um <laughs> The first race was the more chaotic of the two. Yeah, 190 overtakes, 53 lead changes amongst eight different leaders, all breaking previous Formula E records. And it was, yeah, you you had a car take the lead, and then the next corner they would purposely fuck off into Narnia on the exit to let everyone through just to save energy. Um, And again, let's reiterate, this is in 45 minutes. Yes. 190 overtakes and 53 for the lead like it's mental it's mental watch formula e just ignore the dj um ultimately formula ej stop (laughs) (laughs) ultimately ej of the e3 (laughs) (laughs) my god it's like slamming your dick on a wall. It's nice when it stops. Um, Mitch. 
despite the chaos, Jaguar somehow managed to tame it to get a 1-2 finish. I believe it was their first 1-2 finish in Formula E history. Mitch Evans going back-to-back after winning in Brazil. Um, he ended up winning by about 1.8 seconds over Sandberg with Maxi Gunter uh, finishing third. Um, once again, the race kind of fell to Pascal Verlein. Um, he ended up qualifying 15th because Porsche, for some reason, cannot qualify at the moment. Um, and it looked like he was going to lose a bit of ground in the championship to Jake Dennis until in the last few stages of the race, Jake Dennis, who had been getting really irate behind, but particularly behind the Maseratis who he felt were racing particularly aggressively, um, coming into one of the really wide hairpins, um, Dennis felt, and I think it's fair to say that this was the case that I, I, I think it was Gunter moved under braking, uh, Dennis then went way too deep as a result, but I think he was going too deep anyway and spun like a motherfucker out, <laughs> to, out to the outside of the track, uh, collected Antonio Felix da Costa in the, in the, in the process. And then both ended up retiring, uh, thus significantly denting Jake Dennis's championship hopes. He'd recover a little bit in the next race the following day, but he is now like fifth instead of second where he's been the whole season long so far. So, yeah, um, yeah. You had the podium. You had Bawemi fourth, Nick Cassidy fifth, and then Verline as a result of the retirement sixth. So we gained a little bit of ground. Um, yeah, four DNFs by the way. Yeah, yeah. The other ones being Stoffel Van Dorn and Dan Tictum. Uh, when Dan Tictum decided, I don't like Dan Tictum, but he so, made some he made some comments about the formula one grid this weekend too didn't he yeah he did well and we'll get on to that because it's a bit pot kettle black because he is just a knob but um <laughs> yeah he started for our u.s listeners uh knob is brit speak for dickhead correct um yeah <laughs> um, nice. he, he started fourth and went into the lead at turn one mainly because nobody wanted to lead but it was still a very good move so i had to give him a compliment and then about 30 minutes later he drove stoffel van dong clean into the wall and retired them both so i mean normal surface was resumed pretty quickly um but yeah he, he he said earlier this week that there are some people on the formula one grid who shouldn't be there and they should be replaced by some of the drivers on the formula e grid and i don't disagree with him but none of those drivers that are on the formula e grid that should be in formula one are dan tickton yeah, so absolutely. like <laughs> I, I agree with him but also not for the reason that he's saying it um so you know whatever um let's bring stoffel van dorn back Stoffel, Stoffel was so shafted by McLaren. Like he had one of the best junior formula careers in, well, since F2 and GP2 has been a thing. It's right up. I'd put his junior formula career up there with Lewis Hamilton's and Charles Leclerc's. He was criminally underrated as a driver. Um, but yeah, so that was race one of, of Formula E in Berlin. So that was mental. And then you had race two. Qualifying was wet, which everybody hated except for Apt Cupra, because somehow <laughs> the team with no points, I think that actually, no, I think they had four points have- in the standings prior to this race. Okay. Well, now they have five. Yeah. Now that. I'm sorry. I don't mean so they were by far, they were by far one of the, the worst teams on the grid. And yet the rain suited them to a T and they ended up locking out the front row. Awesome. Loved that for them. Um, they were mortified when it ended up being dry for the race, but whatever they still, as we say, they still managed to end up actually getting some points. Um, 
yeah, this race was a little bit more tame. You still had people not want to lead, but it wasn't... For the most part, it wasn't as chaotic. It was still very exciting. So, like, it just wasn't... Like, the first race seemed like chaos. This one seemed like organized chaos. You know, it, 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 was, it was a little bit more... There was a bit more of a structure to it. Um, ultimately, it turned out that Nick Cassidy would end up winning the race. Um, and thus moving himself right into championship contention. His first place, meanwhile, uh, Verline finished down in seventh, I believe. Um, that means that Cassidy is now just four points off of the championship lead. He is his, up there. His move to put him on the podium into that heavy braking zone, I don't know which turn it was. Oh, the, the, right. who knows? It's Formula E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not real versed on the track, but it was. It was the. I believe it's the turn that had the attack mode, mm-hmm. right? The, the hair was it a hairpin? Yeah. Type. Turn? Yeah. He pulled like a quadruple overtake down the inside, right? To go from, I don't know, seventh, eighth, some shit like that, to P three, and then got out in front and just was unstoppable. Yeah. Right. I mean, you say that nobody wanted to lead the race until Nick Cassidy got in the lead. And even like, then, it was four tenths at the line, so it was close still. Yeah. Because that's the thing with Formula E. You don't get dominant races where someone pisses off because the whole point of Formula E is that you have to manage energy, and the energy is so tight. So if you're pulling away, your lead is is wasted energy. Like, you want to stay... You want to win by the least amount possible because that means you haven't used too much energy. So it's yep. always going to be close, ITA. Um, but <laughs> it, it, it adds a, it adds a new level of racing, right? Yep. Like it, it reminds me of uh, was it LMP one where you had like a fuel limit per yep. lap, right? And if you went and you saw a lot of like coasting into braking zones from the p1s am i am i right or wrong i i didn't really watch it at that era but i think that rings a bell right so you had like a fuel limit per lap and so you saw a lot of like drifting and coasting into into braking zones and you couldn't you couldn't go over you know like a, like a certain amount of fuel and they measured it per lap and so it it, it, it kind of harkens back to that era a little bit and and changes a bit of the strategy. I'm I'm all for it. Uh you know, and and I'm not gonna sit here and say that the guys from ITA are wrong. I am. But you go know. on. <laughs> you know, I mean everybody's got their got their opinions. They like racing for different reasons. Uh you know, some of those reasons are wrong. But <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean it, it it's it's exciting racing. Yeah. It's exciting racing. And I think it comes down to uh not not just that. I mean, they got the they got the car right. Yeah. Right. I mean, these guys are able to follow in a way that we're not able to see and I mean, you see it in what 1990s DTM. Mm. You know, it's about the same amount of bumper to bumper following. It's great. It it's really really good. Um so yeah, I'm Cassidy slightly worried. Wish it was more accessible. Yeah. Sorry to bring it back to the uh, the ITA feud. So I know they're talking about coming to Pittsburgh to do some karting. 
So it's going to be me against all of them if they want to come beat my ass. Bring it. I'll take on all of you guys. Do Meet it. me at the track, and we'll throw some dick beaters around. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I, thought, I just I, thought about that. Are they electric <laughs> carts or? No, they do. They're. Oh, uh, they'll they'll be happy then because they're the real deal. Yeah. So yeah. They'll they'll have noise, right? Yeah. Well, that well apparently that's all the racing's about, so they'll be happy. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's like, it's, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. They're entitled to their opinion. It's like my dad. Tyler's gonna fire us. I'm sure. Well, he can do it. I don't care. <laughs> he it's, said we can. We are not censored. We can say exactly. whatever we want so I'm, I'm, on the commercial. Yeah, so. Exactly. Deal with it. And it's like my this dad. North Korea. We can speak out yeah. against our leader. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's like my dad always said. You know, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has Everyone's one. And some are shittier than others. Like, you know. <laughs> so that's fine. Formula E. Uh, Nick Cassidy was four tenths quicker than uh, four tenths uh, ahead of Jake Dennis by the finish. Uh, Jean Eric Verne finished third, ahead of Mitch Evans and Antonio Felix da Costa. As I said, Verline finished down in seventh. It was a it was a disappointing weekend again from Porsche. Like they didn't. At one point, they were one and two in race two, and they ultimately fell to like fifth and seventh. And and yeah, I know the chaos of of, of Tempelhof meant that everyone was shopping and changing all the time, but still they need to get their act together they need to be qualifying higher especially with fairline if they want to maintain this lead like he had a huge lead a few rounds ago and it's now four points where has that pace gone from the start of the season so they need to find that um if i'm gonna keep i'm going. gonna be rooting for nick cassidy this season <sighs> i love nick just to be just to be contrarian to you because i mean you're a you're a Verline fan, right? Yeah, uh, I, I love Nick Cassidy. He he is a criminally underrated driver like Stoffel Van Dorn, but, but more underrated. You know, until he got to Formula E, nobody knew how good he really is, and he is amazing. However, I love Pascal Verline. <laughs> I, I've lo- I've loved him as a driver since he was in since he scored points in the fucking manner in F1 in 2016. That dude. <laughs> I he's so good. So like in any other scenario I'd be happy for Nick Cassidy, but God damn it. Um yeah, so that's Formula E. Uh, their next race is um at the start of May. It's the sixth of May and it's Monaco. And this is the one where I oh, said Monaco is coming up. Oh yes. Okay, so now whenever one. Monaco comes up on a calendar, you're usually like, oh this is gonna be a bit shit. Formula, formula e, e at Monaco slaps fucking hard. It slaps harder than the the set list for the EJ. Like it is, it is top tier, top tier slaps shit. Harder than Will Smith at the end. oh god, it was the Oscars. The Whatever Oscars. It was. it was the Oscars, but I I appreciate the effort. Um, <laughs> I tried. I tried. This episode brought to you by Johnny Walker. Not officially. I just no. But if you they want to. No, contact us. Yeah, um, hit us up. We can be bought. Yes. Um, we didn't mention the one thing I I, I want to I don't want to touch on this very like too much because it's giving attention to people that don't need it. But the second Formula E race was delayed by about six minutes by protesters. I saw that. Uh, it's becoming a bit of a thing, especially here in Europe. Um, if this doesn't happen at the London E Prix, I'd be amazed. But climate protesters. Uh, this was a German climate change group called Last Generation, or something like that. Now, I fully agree with the point that 
world governments need to do more about climate change and take it more seriously. Fully agree. Sitting down on a racetrack is one of the stupidest things you can do. Sitting down in the middle of a motorway is one of the stupid things you can do as a protest. It's just dumb. Now, I'm not going to go as far to say that they're they're idiot they're idiots because of that because you you don't go on an active racetrack. That's just dumb. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, climate activists protesting a Formula E race. Don't they know what the E stands for?" Fine. It's a platform. Fine. It's a but it's a platform, and the race was sponsored by Sabic. <laughs> he was. They were sponsored by Sabic, who is a Saudi Arabian chemical giant. Like. And there's, there's, the race, well the race is well still played, being protesters. the race is still being contested by car manufacturers who use oil and other polluting things. So I can see why they did it. I don't like how they did it, and I don't think they should do it. But no, I agree with you. There you go. I agree with you. I don't agree with people saying, "Oh, you know, climate protesters, blah blah blah, Formula E, me me me." It's a it's a platform. Yeah. It's a platform. They don't give a shit what any of is going on. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be the mm-hmm. Crochet Taylor World Swift. fucking Championships. I don't get like they, yeah. they they're gonna use it. Well then go. They, <laughs> I'm on the other I'm on the other side, so I'll be the people. Like <laughs> I feel like I get it's a platform. It, but you you have to realize that's what people are gonna say. Like, well, you're Oh of course get their yeah. pro you're, but you're protesting a league that is electric. They're all about sustainability. Although everyone thinks that electric has zero emissions, they don't realize how the materials are made. But that's another. Well, I'll, I'll be devil. Yeah, strip mining for lithium's one. not great, exactly. But uh, anywho, but yeah, it's like Jordan said. Like, don't be a, like the the people that I know this is getting political. That like get in the fucking highway and sit yeah. down on the highway. Like, get the fuck out of here. Anyways. But I'm, I'm all for your right to your expression, absolutely. your right to to, absolutely. to protest. Like, but when you sit again, I'm probably off in the weeds. But like, when you're on an uh, an active fucking street or an active fucking highway, and you're, you know, anyways, I'll end it there. It, it's I Dick mean, it's it, it <laughs> fucking dangerous. That's it's, the thing. Fucking, like, it's dangerous it's not just to them dangerous it, not just to them but to drivers. everyone yeah right right yeah like if you want to put your own life at risk fucking do it yeah. dude i don't give a shit if you want to shove a roman candle up your ass <laughs> and do cartwheels to a drive field to protest whatever the fuck you want i don't care but if that drive field is next to my house and it catches my house on fire we're gonna have a fucking problem <sighs> Right. Someone needs to don't, animate that. I need to see that. <laughs> uh, no, they don't. I don't want to see that. Don't <sighs> fucking put other people at risk yes. for your fucking protest. I agree. Right. And I because I get I, I I get the protest, right? Being right who the race was sponsored by, right? Like that's a bit like if you want to get down hypocritical, to it, right? That's a bit hypocritical <laughs> of Formula E, the series, right? Yeah. To have a race sponsored by a, you know, an oil conglomerate. Oh, I think you're muted. Oh. My bad. I was laughing. Yep. Your fault. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I was too busy thinking about Roman candles up the ass. Um, so the, yeah, they're a Saudi Arabian chemical giant. They do do a lot for renewable stuff. So I can see why Formula E are involved with them, but also they have a lot of money. So, you know, they're going to be involved in motorsport anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's still, it's still not a great look. <laughs> yeah. Don't, but don't, don't put other people at risk. Right. Hmm. Right. You're putting, you're putting the, the drivers at risk. You're putting safety crew at risk. Right. Cause I, I saw the video, right? And it was when they were lined up on false grid, right? Getting ready to take the warm-up lap, right? Well, the, yeah. So they, they start a couple positions back from their grid spot and their, their formation lap is they move up to their grid spot. So it's like two grid spots. They, they, they move to warm up oh, their tires. that's even fucking yeah. worse. So they were right they at the start even, of the race. And some of them had already taken clearing, up their grid spot. Yeah, they weren't even clearing the area. Okay, so I thought... I thought they were lined up on false grid. No, no. Doing burnouts to take the formation lap to go all the way around to come back to their grid spots. Right. And so, and so what you see in the video, and I'm not going to, we're not going to post it. No, of course not. No. We're not going to post a video. I don't want to give these people a fucking platform. <laughs> go fuck yourself. But if you want, if you, if you feel like going out and searching for the video, go look at it. The cars are doing burnouts. And so all you see on the grid is fucking smoke, right? Visibility is zero. And so this is even a worse scenario than I thought was happening, right? I thought the cars were doing burnouts and then leaving, right? And then they were going to come back around to meet these people sitting in the grid. No, the cars were just moving up two grid spots or so. That's much worse. And they sat down in front of cars that were had taken up their final position and were about to start. That's so much yeah. worse. Go fuck yourselves, guys. Get fucked. This is that's fucking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so that's so stupid. That reminds me of and I, I'm pretty sure there's a, a movie coming out about this too. I saw a preview the other day. There was a group of protesters protesting uh, like a, a, a chicken slaughterhouse, right? And they took bicycle locks and by their own necks, locked themselves to the mechanism that carries the chickens throughout the abattoir. Mm. Right. <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, some people got fucking hurt. Ooh. Right. Like it, it's, I feel like it's the same thing. Just, uh, that's so Down's, ridiculous. When that show dumb ways to die. <laughs> dumb ways to die. <laughs> Which by the way, side note, that song's like 10 years old and was created by the, uh, Australian transportation for rail safety. Yeah. For rail safety to remind people to stay away from really? uh, rail cars. Yeah. Yep. Go look up the whole video. It's right at the animated. End, it's animated and it's amazing. The game is great. Amazing. I've still got it, that. There's a the game. Yeah, there's the, it was a mobile game at the same time. It's great. I wow. had Go no play idea. But I, I remember when the song came out, right? And I'm I'm surprised it's just now catching on on the social media. The like, rabbit hole we just went down. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh, Hell yeah! Yeah. yeah. Go, go <laughs> check out. Go check out the whole dumb ways to die video. It's animated. It's amazing. It is so, so my far, favorite this, guy uh, is the guy in the trash bag. Yeah, he's great. Like so so far, this episode is sponsored by Johnny Walker and Dumb Ways to Die. Fantastic. 
Um, we need to <laughs> that that does it for all our our race coverage we've got a couple of bits of news that we want to talk about in the last like 10 minutes or so um we're going to start off annoyingly by talking about formula one that we nearly went two weeks without any news um with formula one which would have been nice considering we're coming back to formula one who wants two weeks of formula one absence i've been itching to get back (laughs) i found it quite therapeutic to be honest no like (laughs) you know i get to watch some real pinnacle of racing in indycar instead so it's been it's been quite nice but um you know, I, I I've been investing more in NASCAR and things lately, so it's it's been it's been okay, mm. you know. But uh, you know, I'm I'm still I'm not gonna say new to NASCAR because I did watch it a lot back in the aughts and and things like that. But coming back to NASCAR, I'm pretty new, so I'm still learning yeah. like who drives for what team and things like that. So it's it's kind of hard to keep track of like, okay, who's buddies on the track and who fucking yeah. hates each other? I don't fucking know. Uh, and so I just, I, I'm more familiar with formula one. It's, it's home. It's cozy. Yeah. It's like, it's like a nice blanket and a cup of coffee on a cold <laughs> day. Uh, I'm ready for it to come back. I'm so and ready. The memes we haven't had, you know, no formula one, you know, they, they'll put out memes here and there, but there's just not the same as having a meme related to that race. See, when you said meme, I assumed you just meant FIA decision-making, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking oh. of, um, so the the first bit of news we have relates to the end of the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, Ferrari wanted to protest uh, the penalty that Carlos Sainz got, which ended up dropping him from like fourth to butt fuck nowhere uh, because of the way the race ended. Um, the FIA dismissed their request to review. Uh, basically, the way you do it in, form- in in Formula One is if you want to protest something, you have to present new evidence that the stewards did not have access to at the time that they made the decision. If you don't have that evidence, you're not required, you're not permitted a chance to review, and that's ultimately what the FIA decided. There was no, that's- there was no new evidence. Um, and whilst I, I I agree that Carlos Sainz should have had a penalty. Um, because he fucked it down the inside of Fernando Alonso and it was a stupid move. Um, but at the same time, that my issue, and I think what Ferrari went on to say after this decision, was they want to have discussions with the FIA about the consistency of F1 penalties. Do you remember we had a whole episode called Consistency a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah we're back Logan to that again. Logan Sargent deserved a exactly. fucking penalty. Carlos Sainz deserved a penalty. Logan Sargent deserved a penalty. Pierre Gasly deserved a penalty. And that was yep. all at the same corner on the same lap, and yet the only person that got one was Carlos Sainz. Now, yeah. I, I don't even necessarily disagree with the penalty because the penalty was five seconds and it was made more severe by the way the race ended. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Shit happens. If the race ends under safety car, fuck it. And you know, you, you have a penalty, it's yeah. a standard penalty That's for that kind of contact, whatever. But the part of racing the issue is why did Carlos get a penalty? and not Logan and not Pierre because yeah. they were all quite stupid on that restart. Yeah. And, and if, I, I would say arguably fucking worse. Yeah. Logan's for sure. Like he had set, he was at yeah. the back. He had 7 million different ways he could have entered that corner and he decided to do so via Yuki Sonoda's rear wing. Like great. Good job. Um, and then yeah, Pierre, like fair enough. He went across the grass, but he rejoined the track and then went all the way to the right and took out his teammate again not clever (laughs) i wonder how much it costs to file 
a protest. Oh god, it's Formula One. You probably have to cut like Formula sacrifice one. your firstborn child, take some <laughs> right, blood like, and put it through an ether, like you know, shove a Roman the, candle up your ass. For, for, you those, know. for those that don't know, in in motorsport, all the way from karting to SRO to IMSA to everyone, everywhere, everywhere. If you want to file a protest, there's a fee associated with filing said protest. It keeps people from just flagrantly just going about like throwing any kind of protest that they want, right? Uh, with uh, SCUSA, the Supercards USA series, I think it's like it's like $100 or something. I have an answer. Uh, oh, do you found it? What is it? Sam is it, Collins. It, let me let me let me guess. Let me Sam guess. Collins has has got the figure. It's in euros, so uh, I'll give two hundred and fifty thousand euros. No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. No, no, no. It it's it's take off as forty nine thousand euros. No, <laughs> take off a zero. <laughs> the price is right. One euro. <laughs> One euro. Two thousand euros, and an appeal costs six thousand euros. That's it's not like bad, pocket but, lint. but but That's think lunch. about this. But think about this. You also have Red to Bull. pay lawyers. in In Formula One, it's so it's it's so much more exponentially expensive because you you have to pay lawyers to write the appeal. Right? It's not just like Carlos signs writing down on a piece of paper like I want to appeal this penalty. Blah blah blah. Here's six thousand euros. Look at the look at my paperwork. No, you got to pay. I, 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 the, the fee to the FIA is probably, what was it? 6,000? Uh, 6,000 for an appeal, 2,000 for a protest. All right. So two to $6,000. How much do those lawyers cost that wrote it per hour? Mm, right. And how many hours have they spent writing it? Again, the 2,000 is probably their lunch fee. So like, yeah, that's, yeah. Formula One, it's expensive. Um, who knew? <laughs> uh, the second and final bit of F1 news we briefly want to cover um, relates to Mercedes. Um, obviously, Mercedes are in a bit of a shit position right now, um, although Australia was a little better for them, but still miles off of Red Bull. Seemingly in reaction to the fact that the Mercedes for the last two years, this season and last year, hasn't been that good. Mercedes have had a bit of a technical switch up. James Allison is going to return to the role of technical director within the team. Uh, he left two years ago and was replaced by Mike Elliott. Uh, they will now switch positions again. So Allison will be back at the helm with the design or the technical director of the car. So he doesn't entirely design it himself, but he's in charge of the whole project. Um, I mean, it's better than what they did at McLaren, where they just straight up fired the guy. <laughs> so at least yeah, it's still I was there. About to say, didn't we? Didn't we just do something like this yeah. with somebody? Yeah, with McLaren. Yeah, with James our, Key. Our, our runner show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, man, a lot of houses on fire in Formula One mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> and yeah, which and it's still we're still at a point of the season where we've only had three races, and Mercedes have kind of been all over the place in terms of where they actually are in terms of pace. So we still don't really know where everybody sits. We know Red Bull are out front and Aston Martin are probably the second fastest consistently, but yeah. we don't really know exactly how far off Mercedes are. And they're still, you know, we've had in those three races, we've had people saying that they're, they're going to completely write off the year to focus on next year. They're going to bring a new car for Imola or Azerbaijan or something like that. You know, it, it's 
just going to be interesting to see what direction they take and when they decide to either fully commit to making this car better or pull the plug. Um, I would suggest yeah. full, pull the plug, but I, right. I don't, I don't know. I, but it's, it's kind of fun to see how different the season is for certain teams, right? You know, McLaren and Mercedes, their house is on fire. Mm. They're reshuffling people around. Meanwhile, at Aston Martin, it's uh, it's pretty much just tea and crumpets, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> they're they're having an amazing breakout season, uh, and so uh, it, it's all you know. A lot of people think Formula One is boring, and and at times it definitely is, but. Where it becomes not boring is when you take in all the context leading up to each round and leaving each round and all these things. You know, uh, it 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 I, this is this is the most exciting part of me or a part to me about Formula One is all the fucking you know all the bullshit that happens off track between the teams within the teams and all that. So, uh, you know. And it it's it's not looking good for Mercedes. Do you think <laughs> they should pull the plug on this car? I mean, and, and go rewrite. I mean, you have how how much time in in energy and money have they invested into the twenty twenty four car at this point? Hard to tell. Hard to tell. We know they start working on twenty twenty four as soon as the twenty twenty three cars revealed, if not sooner. So, um, yeah. I mean, for them. They're a team that's been at the front for so many years. At this point, with the success they have, anything bar winning championships is a failure for them. So if you're not going to win this year's championship, which they're not because Red Bull are too far ahead, um, why would you not write off? The, the concept hasn't yeah. worked. Is it because of the side pods? Is it cause, cause, not because of the side pods? Who knows? Only they know. Um, or do they? We'll never know. So we'll, we'll never. Know. I, I mean, never, at this point, what, what do they have to lose, bar yeah. races that they were going to lose anyway? So I don't know. I don't know where they go, but we'll see what James Allison decides. Now he's back at the helm, and we'll see in Azerbaijan this weekend, sprint race weekend as well. So uh, nothing, nothing chaotic has ever happened in Azerbaijan. So I'm sure it's going to be a really calm weekend. No, no, we haven't seen like two Red Bulls kiss or anything. No. I'd love it if they did that. I mean, what? <laughs> I didn't say anything. How how do you think the Perez camp would act if Max got into Perez at Azerbaijan? Fire what? and fear. Okay. I don't know. I think I don't think the Perez when, camp when it, would the be race, bad. The race enough. isn't this weekend. It's next weekend, right? Nope, this weekend. This weekend. This, this weekend? Okay. Let's make some... Formula One predictions, some some wild Formula One predictions. I think, I I think Aston Martin may be looking at something better than third. Perhaps right. historically they've been okay at Azerbaijan, but then it, it's difficult to say that when every race has been a complete dumpster fire. And it's only been exciting because it's been chaotic. So, I mean, it, it's hard to say who really does have form. I, I 
barring mechanical issue, I think Red Bull walk away with it because their DRS is so fucking powerful here and the straights are so fucking long. So it, it, it's hard for me to look past Red Bull, but crazier things have happened. It's Baku. And if anyone's going to be the next car, why not Aston Martin? Why not Fernando Alonso? So I, I, I'd be willing to see that. <laughs> on, on what lap will Charles Leclerc break down and have to walk to the pit? Why have you got to do this to me? Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. Sixteen. What, what lap? Do you think he's going to make sixteen laps? Probably not. Which race are we talking? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who knows? What if they break down so bad in the sprint race that they can't make the Grand Prix? Wouldn't be the first time a failure on a Saturday has left them to not race on a Sunday. I remember the Monaco Grand Prix a couple of years ago, sadly. So, I don't know. It, it's Jeez. it's so I'm hard to go. make predictions about Azerbaijan. I'm going to say Charles gets P2. How about that? P2? He you, has a turnaround. That's around. a bold prediction, my guy. Big turnaround. <laughs> nope. Ferrari uh, took the Roman Charles candles Blair out of their asshole, and they're ready to go now. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll be using that term for a while. If, if Charles gets P2 now, you're going to look like a god. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Deary have, me. Have Ferrari finished on the podium this season? Uh, Have they? I don't think so. No, I don't think they have. No, no, they haven't. No. Have they? No, no, they haven't. <laughs> so, no. no, I was racking my brain. No, no. no, they definitely haven't. No. So, are they going to? Dang. Who knows? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Ferrari. I really do. Right. I'm like, past I know being it's a, bad. I know it's a team people love to hate, but they seem. I, I, is it the Red Flags podcast? I think I'm not sure. I, I I was listening to somebody and they were talking about you know different teams and and how how it kind of works. And Ferrari seem like they're the only ones in it for the right reasons. Right? Like Mercedes races Formula 1 to sell cars. Red Bull races Formula 1 to sell energy drinks. Ferrari sells cars so they can race their shitty little fucking Formula One team. Ferrari could go the rest of their lifetime without selling another car. As long as they could race Formula One, they would still be happy. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, you kind of feel bad for them in a way, right? Like they, they should be doing much better because they're there to go racing, right? They're not like, you know, McLaren or fucking AlphaTari who just wants to sell some overcoats. <laughs> you know, I, I wish they would do better, but <clears throat> but I don't know. I, I think the reason I'm not a bigger Ferrari fan is the fucking Tifosi. Right? <laughs> they, they seem annoying. Although not as annoying as uh, some of these Dutch Max Verstappen fans. Oh yeah, it's it's all good fun. 
but yeah, I'm sure all of those groups will have very reasoned and rational thoughts to the Grand Prix this weekend. <laughs> Can't wait to hear from all of them. Can't wait for F1 Twitter to be back to its cesspool nature. But um, <laughs> on that note, it's time to end. Sadly, we, 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 we've um, we've we've exhausted all of our time. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, there's um, what have we got next week? Let me have a brief look. WEC's back for Spa, I believe, for the six hour. Yep. Uh, we've got Formula One. We've got SRO. We're probably not going to talk about SRO, uh, but whatever. Uh, NASCAR's at Xfinity. Um, right, NASCAR's at Xfinity. Great, great sentence. NASCAR's at yeah, Dover. Yeah, good. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll be talking about all that next week. Uh, make sure you follow us on all the socials, as we said at the start of this half, at into the number two uh, paddock on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can check us all out. I'm at jgroves1996 on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, Greg, you are uh, Speed Rat Racing on everything. Check me out I, on Twitch, especially. We will be streaming uh, tomorrow, Tuesday the 25th. Right? Is tomorrow the 25th? I'm losing track of dates. Yep, tomorrow's the 25th. Tuesday the 25th. First round of our uh, uh, Mad Sim Racing into the Apex Podcast Network uh gt4 series round one at lime rock and so that ought to be fun it is at what time is it at john it's at like i think 8 8 30 is practice eight and then and that's Molly, eastern time yeah and a 30 minute right? uh 30 minute yeah, break. yeah yeah and and i'll be i'll be streaming i'll i'll hop on twitch a little early so you can look for me let me let me just double check these times uh eight Practice is eight to eight thirty PM Eastern with a ten minute qualifying and a thirty minute race. Uh yeah, so look for me around I don't know, seven central, eight PM Eastern. We'll try to we'll try to be on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Check me out. Speed rat racing on uh everything. Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all that shit. We try to stay up to date. And I'm at Dick Beaters on Twitter. And, uh, you have to change your name. Now. Roman Candle Launcher on uh, Instagram. So, or just look up my name, John Javicki. There you go. Um, sadly, at Dick Beaters is taken on Twitter. So you might need to find something else. Um, don't don't look too. at that page. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Google it? Oh, no. On that note. I'm going to go lie in a dark room and cry and we'll be back next week (laughs) Disclaimer, do not do not look it up Goodbye everybody We (laughs) apologize And see you next episode (laughs) We'll check you out next week Cue the music, we'll see you later Thank you for listening to Into the Paddock by the ITA Podcast Network Join us next time for more provocative motorsport talk.